0: You're watching Global BC.
1: This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening and thanks for joining us. An important reminder to pay attention while driving after an unusually high number of fatal crashes.
1: There were seven deadly crashes across the province in just the last few days. Sarah McDonald has the heartbreaking message from the family of one of the victims and what RCMP are saying about the string of tragedies.
3: Already, it's been a deadly and devastating December on the province's roads and highways. The most impactful crash in a week filled with them, this one near Squamish. Stopping traffic on the Sea to Sky Highway for hours Sunday, claiming the life of the young Metro Vancouver woman behind the wheel of this car. Everybody's
4: so shocked. They just, you know, her vehicle ended up into the southbound lane, clipped another vehicle's bumper in it went sideways, and then another vehicle hit it. Becca had a
3: synchronic (laughs) (laughs) breakthrough. Becca Mann, the youngest of six children, was born and raised in Surrey. (laughs) She'd recently moved to Squamish and was commuting to work in Whistler when her car crossed the center line. Officials say she died instantly.
5: I'm thinking it was black ice, because it was before, like, around 11 in the morning, so the frost might not have burnt off.
4: We kind of knew it was bad, but there was still, like, the hope that they would say, like, hey, she's been airlifted, but because they didn't, they weren't rushing us to get to a hospital to say goodbye, like, we kind of... Her
3: family's grief is shared by six others across the Lower Mainland, also now mourning the loss of their loved ones, all of them killed in a span of four days.
0: It's a, it's a higher than usual number for a short period of time like this, for sure. There is no commonality
6: between these collisions.
3: A staggering seven people killed in motor vehicle accidents across the province since Thursday. This crash in North Vancouver and another in Surrey, leaving the drivers of both vehicles dead slow down. The investigation into the crash that killed Becca is still in its early stages.
4: Uh, it's hard. I, I don't know what my new normal is going to be. And...
3: <laughs> As her family grieves the loss of their sister and daughter. Sarah McDonald, Global News.
2: Well, Vancouver police are releasing a composite sketch of a suspect in a sexual assault. Take a look. VPD want to know if you recognize this man. He's a suspect in a sexual assault of a 14-year-old girl last Tuesday. She was grabbed and pulled into the bushes in Brewers Park shortly after getting off the bus on Kingsway. The suspect is described as white in his late 20s to early 30s, 5'7 to 5'10, weighing between 160 to 200 pounds.
1: We have received numerous tips. We have received uh, dash cam footage, and our investigators are actively following up uh, those tips, and they're looking into the dash cam footage. So we have done a canvas. Uh, We are working uh, a lot of different avenues on this one, and this is a priority investigation for us.
2: Investigators are still seeking more dash cam footage from anyone who might have been driving in the area between 2.30 and 6 p.m. on November 27th.
1: RCMP are hoping for some help trapping da- or tracking down the movements of a vehicle of interest in a fatal hit and run near Terrace. Investigators are asking anyone who saw this vehicle in the Terrace area during the early morning hours of November 18th to give them or Crime Stoppers a call. 30-year-old Cameron Kerr was struck and killed on Highway 16 just west of the city that morning. A few days later, police seized two pickup trucks, two boats, and three boat trailers on Haida Gwaii. They believe one of the trucks has damage consistent with the crash that claimed Kerr's life.
2: Huge lineups today for TransLink's new Compass wristbands. A limited supply made available this morning quickly snapped up. Grace Key spoke to transit users about why they wanted the wearable payment option and if you missed out, when your next chance will come around. <laughs>
7: Transit users got up early and braved the cold, willing to stand in line for what proved to be the hottest new ticket item from TransLink. At the Chinatown station, the line snaked around the corner and all the way down the street, and people say it was worth the wait. Uh, we got the new uh,
8: compass wristband. Yeah, It's pretty sick. It was, I think it was worth waiting in line for it.
9: Misplaced my card many times. I've gone to work thinking, oh, it's in my pocket, and oh, it's on the ground somewhere.
7: They work just like a compass card, but these wristbands are being touted as an easier way to tap in and out. While it's simply a matter of convenience for some, for others with disabilities, it means greater independence.
6: This is going to make life really easy.
7: Ricky Campbell got up at 6.30 in the morning to be one of the first in line. He takes transit a couple of times a day using a cane to get around.
6: This way, I don't really have to juggle everything around and just tap and walk through.
7: There was a limited supply 1,000 adult blue bands and 1,000 orange concessions for $6 each refundable. TransLink originally capped the bands at four to a customer, but as the lines grew, the cap changed to two and then one. And within a couple of hours, they had to cut off the line. In Vancouver, there is a contingent of people who are really, you know, into their transit, some transit enthusiasts. So, you know, I'm not surprised it's sold out today, but I am surprised at the length of this line and that people all came at once in the morning to make sure they get one. If you didn't get a wristband, more is on the way. They should be here sometime before spring. Or if you're willing to pay 10 times the amount, you'll find some already popping up on Craigslist. Grace Key, Global News.
1: Now, when it comes to ride hailing in BC, one city is joining the battle to bring it in a lot sooner than the province is promising. Vancouver councillors want the city to have more control over how and when the new rules are brought in. Ted Chernecki explains what they're doing to get the province to pay attention.
0: So this is how the rest of the world lives. They use apps and hail ride-sharing vehicles with the tap of a few keys. But as pointed out over and over, Vancouver is now the largest city in North America that does not allow ride-sharing. And one Vancouver city councillor is concerned the province isn't even including it in ongoing discussions.
7: I would hope that the province would also be collaborating with the municipalities uh, because that's a grassroots uh, uh, connection to the people who are going to be hailing these rides.
0: There have been protests in most other cities where ride-sharing has been given the green light, but somehow they managed to figure it out. In fact, some drivers actually learn to like ride-sharing. One thing we see in other cities is that the taxi drivers actually get more flexibility driving for ride-sharing. So they actually welcome it. I think the rub point here is the taxi owners. That's where the, the deal is. Vancouver City Council will consider a motion to urge the province to make April its new deadline for having everything in place and not leave it to the fall as announced earlier.
7: I'm looking forward to seeing the province come forward uh, sooner than later. You know, they had no issue implementing the school tax right away. So I'm not sure why ride share and, and ride hailing services have been held up.
0: Supporters of ride sharing in general don't see a problem with the existing taxi service. They say just aren't enough of them. And it's this time of the year when that becomes so very obvious. Well, it's straight politics. And and I get it. I think the Premier's in a tough position, so we're not criticizing the Premier. But, you know, he's got the taxi lobby uh, that's that's looking at him saying, you know, we don't want this. And so they've gone into slow mode. In a statement, the Ministry of Transportation said it is still aiming for the fall of 2019. Ted Global News.
2: And there's a new dynamic duo teaming up to market Vancouver to the world. At one time, it might have seemed an unlikely partnership, but today Tourism Vancouver announced it has signed an agreement with Airbnb to help promote the city as a tourist destination. The agreement will see Airbnb market Vancouver on its platform to travelers as well as through its digital channels such as Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.
10: We always like to do uh, new things that continue to push the destination forward. And certainly as a young company and one that's grown incredibly quickly, Airbnb is a dynamic organization. They're a great partner for us to be working with. So we think we'll do some fun, interesting things that are really valuable to our visitors.
4: The Airbnb host community here in Vancouver are amazing brand ambassadors for Vancouver. They showcase the city in a unique and interesting way. And I think it's really great to see tourism in Vancouver recognize that and understand that airbnb plays a really big role in tourism here and by us harnessing our strengths and our energies together we think we could do a really great job of promoting vancouver on the world scene
1: meantime in the kootenai boundary region financial help is on the way after spring flooding devastated the community of grand forks the province announcing nearly three million dollars to help struggling local businesses get up and running again
11: It might look like business as usual at Work and Play Clothing in downtown Grand Forks, but seven months ago, it was a very different story.
4: The water was over a foot and a half deep outside our building. We stayed for 48 hours bailing water with ice cream buckets to keep it from coming inside.
11: Owner Amber Asavaloff says her sales have since taken a hit.
4: We were evacuated for 13 days, so we lost... Revenue for 13 days.
11: To help ease the financial burden caused by flooding, the province announcing Monday up to $2.9 million in grants for small businesses to be administered by the Red Cross. Initially, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice um, handout. Uh, the, the recovery
9: process will be years and years. It'll never be enough.
11: Eligible businesses can qualify for up to 18,500 each and provide as much information as you can to help us then determine the amounts of assistance that you'll actually be eligible for. Business owners are grateful for the cash, but say it's just a drop in the bucket
4: the application process uh, it's difficult so I have to take time away from my business that I am trying to run to get all the paperwork together again and go through all of it and maybe they do give us the money maybe they don't.
12: I honestly don't know if $18,000 is enough for a lot of people. It's been six months.
11: That six months of loss of income at some places, that won't even cover the deductible. People here are weary after spending the last few months filling out forms, fighting for financial assistance and insurance. Many say they're hopeful about this latest announcement. Every dollar helps, but they aren't getting too excited until they actually see a payout. Jules Knox, Global News, Grand Forks.
1: Right now though, technology is transforming healthcare with doctors using new cutting edge devices and procedures to improve treatment.
2: Now, Fraser Health doctors are using the latest video game technology to make hospitals less scary for children. Linda Aylesworth shows us how. Rayhan has a nasty tummy ache. As if that isn't bad enough,
12: now he has to cope with being in the emergency department. It can be a very, very scary experience. Scary for anyone, even grown-ups. But for children, such experiences can have lifelong effects.
5: When children uh, experience pain at a young age, it changes the way they they react to pain forever. So a few years ago, Peace Arch Hospital agreed to try
12: out a non-medical solution.
5: We're going to get you to go on a roller coaster ride, okay?
12: Good man. A virtual roller coaster. Welcome to the world of
5: distraction therapy. So the child truly believes that they're in that environment. So when the roller coaster goes up, they're looking up, looking side and side, uh, and they're quite immersed in the, the virtual reality environment. It won't
12: cure what ails Rayhan, but it will make any treatments he'll receive a whole lot less
9: traumatic. He's much more calm and uh, he's uh, not bothered by his pain right now.
12: Dr. booty introduced some other fun distractions as well. We
5: actually... Hired a real puppeteer to teach us how, how to use puppets. So, hello, Linda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. <laughs> do you do you
9: want to play? Of course, there are iPads.
6: Hi there. I'm Moose.
12: And then there's Pepper. Peace Arch Hospital was the first test ground for the program, which has
5: worked so well. All Fraser Health hospitals are now adopting it. It makes our experience better, their parents' experience better, and the, and the child experience better. So it's a win-win-win scenario for us. Cheers! Cheese. Linda
12: Aylesworth, Global News.
2: Excellent. Well, this may seem hard to believe, but Stats Canada says its latest study of cannabis use in Canada's five largest cities puts Vancouver last.
1: That is astonishing. What's more surprising is the way they flushed out the new data. Aaron MacArthur has the details and what it might
6: mean for future health care. How much pot are we smoking? New data from the federal government is coming from an unlikely place. Earlier this year, health officials took samples from wastewater treatment plants across the country and measured the levels of THC. The findings, I think they're still very preliminary, but they they show that the the approach can be used uh, in Canada. It shows overall pot consumption is largest in Montreal, and per capita, usage is highest in Halifax. What is surprising is Vancouver was the lowest, under 1,000 micrograms per person.
2: Wastewater analysis is a rapidly developing scientific discipline.
6: Wastewater testing for narcotics remarkably accurate. In Europe, testing shows ebbs and flows based on different days of the week. Recreational drug use uh,
10: that uh, certain times of the week are more prevalent than others. You know, people have shown that uh, that um, that uh, recreational drug use increases on the weekends compared the, to the
13: weekdays.
6: Scientists believe if the data is collected frequently enough. It could lead health authorities to map hotspots or deploy resources differently based on a simple water sample at the end of the line. The technology is being used around the world.
9: It's particularly useful for looking at trends over time and we can look for correlations between other interventions, education programs and so on, just to inform whether uh, these interventions have been useful.
6: Canadian health officials will release more data in the coming months. Changes in future tests could be an indication of how much cannabis we are consuming collectively. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
2: Well, you are no doubt familiar with those annual warnings from police about theft from auto
8: and other holiday shopping-related crime.
1: Uh, Yes, but our consumer matters reporter Andrea has a few you may not have considered. And
8: yeah, it's a good reminder. We're very distracted at this time of year, right?
1: Right. (laughs) I'm
8: I'm in that camp. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks you too. As holiday shopping ramps up, unfortunately, so do crimes of opportunity. Crime Stoppers is warning consumers to be extra vigilant and don't let down your guard. Parking lots are a flurry of activity this time of year, making them prime targets for thieves. Crime Stoppers recommending you lighten your wallet when hitting the mall. Take only one credit card shopping in case you get pickpocketed or you misplace it. That way, there is only one card to cancel if something happens. Keep your purse tight to your body or in the front pocket of your pants. Park your vehicle in a prominent and well-lit area. Leave nothing visible in your car. Now, this may seem obvious, but it still happens. Lock your goods no matter how small in the trunk. Carry receipts in your pocket and not your bag. Not doing so could put your banking information at risk if your goods are stolen. Crime Stoppers is also encouraging consumers to report any incidents of shoplifting to the store manager, the police, or Crime Stoppers.
4: If they witness a crime, they should either call the police or let the shopkeeper know immediately. Retail theft costs as much as $5 billion a year. It's very important. There's nothing worse than having gone and done your shopping and you lose your your goods or your personal safety is at risk because you just aren't paying attention.
8: Also, don't make multiple trips to your vehicle. Police say thieves are often watching. If you do witness the crime, Crime Stoppers is hoping you report it. Anonymous tips can be reported using the 24 7 Crime Stoppers new downloadable P3 app for Apple and Android phones. Or you can simply call Crime Stoppers at 1 800 222 tips or online at solvecrime.ca. And if you have a consumer issue for me, there's my email address at consumermatters at globalnews.ca.
2: All right. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to keep all our parcels safe for Christmas mm-hmm. this season. Thanks, Anne.
8: Next out is
3: David Saint-Jacques of the Canadian Space Agency. A warm welcome from the Expedition
9: 57 crew.
1: Canadian astronaut David Saint-Jacques and his two new crewmates board the International Space Station this afternoon, greeted by the astronauts who've been at the space station since June the 48-year-old will spend six and a half months on the ISS, setting a new Canadian record for the longest time on the station.
2: New footage tonight of France's worst unrest in years.
1: Paris police have released this body camera video of weekend riots, Parisians resorting to violence to protest increased taxes and cost of living. So far, at least four people have died in the riots.
3: Tonight, no end in sight to
1: the turmoil
3: across France, including more confrontations with police. These ambulance drivers today joining the largest anti-government demonstrations here in decades. What began as a protest against President Emmanuel Macron's plan to raise fuel taxes growing over the weekend into a movement fueled by rage. Anger from those who say his policies favor the wealthy, streets barricaded, cars lit on fire, snipers perched on rooftops, police body cameras capturing this clash at the Arc de Triomphe, riot police battling with protesters clad in yellow vests. At least four people have died in the protests. The French president could declare a state of emergency as France braces for more violence.
1: The 41st president of the United States is lying in state in Washington, D.C.
0: tonight.
2: The casket of George H.W. Bush, who died late Friday at the age of 94, arrived in Maryland from Houston this afternoon aboard Air Force One, renamed Special Air Mission 41. The casket, escorted by Bush's extended family, including his son and former President George W. Bush, he will lie in state at the U.S. Capitol until the funeral on Wednesday. Donald Trump has declared Wednesday a national day of mourning.
1: And just before today's event was this touching tribute. Sully, Bush's service dog, spent Sunday night lying in front of the former president's casket in Houston before it was taken to Washington. Sully also made the trip to the Capitol.
2: Hmm. Well, there could be a tragic update tonight to a missing person story in Costa Rica.
1: A body has been found near an Airbnb property where a Florida woman went missing last week while she was on vacation.
9: Second day. Days before her disappearance, images of joyful 36-year-old Carla Stefaniak celebrating her birthday on vacation in Costa Rica. Her family hopeful she'll be found alive.
13: I want to tell her that I love her.
14: But I want her to come back home with us.
9: But today, island authorities made grim discoveries. A body that appears to be a woman found in a wooded area close to the Airbnb apartment where Stefaniak was last known to be staying. Authorities also found traces of blood inside the apartment. Investigators say they're not able to confirm the body is Stefaniak at this time and are awaiting an autopsy. Family believed Carla had been abducted after she didn't take her return flight home last Wednesday and hadn't made contact in nearly a week. She told a friend online that power had cut out and the situation was super sketchy. What happened to Carla now at the heart of a criminal investigation? Her family waits, anxious for answers.
13: I miss
1: her too much, way too much.
9: Katie Beck, NBC News.
1: B.C.'s South Asian community is putting more pressure on the federal government to rename a Vancouver building.
2: They say the current name, which honors a former federal minister, rubs salt in an old wound. Squire Barnes explains why.
10: Today I rise in this house to offer an apology on behalf of the government of Canada for our... Two role. years ago, the Canadian government officially apologized for the Komagata incident of 1914 when 352 passengers from India, who were all British subjects, were refused entry into Canada due to their ethnicity. But the descendants of the Komagata Maru have approached the Prime Minister about this federal building off of Main Street. It's named for Harry Stevens, a former federal minister, Vancouver Alderman, and President of the Vancouver Board of Trade. But he's also the man most responsible for refusing the majority of the passengers of the Komagata Maru entry into Canada.
4: We want uh, uh, government, uh, federal government should change this uh, uh, Harry Stevens name uh, on this federal building. And we want uh, uh, this building uh, should be named on the Komagata Maru in the memory of those uh, Komagata Maru passengers.
10: The Prime Minister's office has replied to the Komagata Maru Society's request, thanking them for being made aware of the building's name. They haven't promised a name change yet, but the society is optimistic there eventually will be one.
4: Because uh, it's uh, very painful for us, very painful for the community when we see this. I think uh, the, the Honorable Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his team will think about this and probably we will see in future this building uh, uh, name on the khomagatamaru Maru, not on the uh, 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 Stephen, Harry Stephen.
2: In Health Matters tonight, a Hour follow-up to our story last week of a father of three special needs children who needs a life-saving transplant.
1: As Catherine Urquhart reports, after our coverage of his condition, he's been overwhelmed by the response and now hopes that it can help others as well.
12: How's your Christmas going to be this year? It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. We,
14: We love Christmas.
12: This Christmas, Jeremy Crowhurst may just get the gift... Of life. More than two dozen people have come forward to offer him a kidney.
14: That's just incredibly moving, and I can't tell you how grateful I am to everybody.
12: How many people have stepped forward?
14: Um, To me, directly about 20 to 25.
12: The huge response coming after the father of three children with autism spoke out about his failing kidneys. His are now functioning at only 10% due to an autoimmune disorder. We know this will be over one day and things will be better and uh, however that comes about when Jeremy will be healthy again one day and there's just no other option. Offers to donate a kidney to Jeremy have come from a number of strangers. One email sent from a dad who also has a child with autism.
14: What would my son who has autism feel like if I was taken from him? Your story moved me and what I'm saying is I'm willing to see if I'm a compatible donor.
12: The unusual outpouring of offers may help Jeremy and some of the 534 British Columbians also waiting for a kidney. A paired exchange program allows patients with incompatible kidney donors to give them to someone else. In exchange, they receive a compatible kidney.
14: There are quite a few people who are uh, B or AB who came forward and they they won't match me. But I do hope that they go forward and, and, and pursue donating a kidney.
12: It will likely be several weeks before potential donors can be assessed, and if they match, the surgery is months away, well past Christmas. But the best gift he could ever hope for.
14: There's really no words to describe it. I, I, I'm, I, I'm very surprised by the reaction, and I'm, I'm very
1: touched.
12: Catherine Cart, Global News, Abbotsford.
1: You're watching Global News at six.
2: Well, the snow guns are working hard for opening day at Cypress Mountain. The Easy rider chair, which accesses the green level run. That's the only one I can ski on. <laughs> it, that's the only one open at the moment. But it is hoped that in the coming days, if the weather stays on track, they will be able to open up more terrain.
1: Looks like a winter wonderland to me. In a moment, we'll see if there's any real snow in the forecast. But first, a family in Austin, Texas, pays tribute to National Lampoon's Christmas vacation with their display. But... One guy didn't get the joke. We'll show you what happened right after the forecast with Christy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're All wondering right. if maybe... <laughs> Maybe he had had little. too much to drink, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll never know.
2: Okay, Christy Gordon joins us now with a look at the forecast. Uh, yeah, it's definitely chilly out there now, Christy.
5: That's right. I mean, it was a gorgeous day today. As soon as the sun sets, though, it drops off two degrees already. Wait to see the temperatures we're expecting for tonight. You know, some people are talking about the possibility of snow by the end of the week. Now, it's not out of the question, but I am calling for Yes, not likely, everyone. It looks like temperatures will warm up by the time that moisture pushes in, and we will be talking about just rain. Now, we're still days out. We'll refine that forecast and see if anything changes, but that's what we're calling for at this point. With a low of 2 degrees, maybe just some higher elevations, could see a bit of wet snow before it changes over to rain. And if you're wondering where you can get the best forecast, download our Sky Tracker app on Android or iPhone. That's your best forecast, everyone. Or check us out here on Global BC, of course. And how about an update on our winter forecast? Now, about a month ago, we talked about a winter forecast, and it had to do with two things, El Nino and the blob. Well, yes, it looks like El Nino is going to be in place, although it is going to be weak this year. And that's what we're looking at at this point. And the blob is still there, although slightly weaker, but the sea surface temperature just off the coast, still a good two, one to two degrees above average. And that has a huge impact on our weather here in BC. So this is what we're calling for. Winter forecast for December, January, and February months above normal temperatures across the province. Now, keep in mind, this is an average throughout that time period. We will still have peaks and valleys in the conditions in terms of temperature, similar to what we're seeing right now, cold period. But for rainfall, it looks like temperature conditions across southern B.C. will be below, be below normal. That means southern B.C., warm, dry winter but I urge you to remember, even though we may not see snow at lower elevations, you still need tires that have that label. Anything below the temperature of seven degrees means that you need that type of a tire to be able to really stick on the ground. And these are your overnight temperatures, everyone, with the wind chill minus 15 to minus 20 across the north. So you are going to need it during the day, not making their way up above the freezing mark, below zero across most of the province. Five degrees for Metro Vancouver, Temperatures at night, wind chills down to minus 5 from Metro Vancouver. Fraser Valley, minus 7. Cold right through to Friday before the rain pushes in on Saturday. Nice shot from Vancouver last night. Thanks to Ryan for that.
1: Oh, yeah. Calm and crisp. Beautiful shot, Ryan. Thank you. Well, a lot of people, myself included, used the weekend to get the Christmas decorations up, and the Hairline family in Austin, Texas, took their inspiration from one of their favorite Hollywood movies.
2: Paying homage to the scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where Clark Griswold ends up hanging from the roof of his house while trying to put up Christmas lights, they bought a dummy, put a Clark Griswold mask on it, and found matching clothes at a thrift store. And they did such a good job, a passerby thought it was real. And then his reaction was caught on security camera. Hold
3: on. All right,
7: can you reach it? Can you reach it?
2: Help! Oh no, so nice though. <laughs> He's so nice.
1: (laughs) So well-meaning. He's
2: a retired veteran, the Uh, passerby. He ended up calling 911 when Clark didn't respond. Uh, When police arrived, that's when he found out that it wasn't real. He laughed along with everyone else. The hairlines gave him a gift card as an apology for his stressful experience. (laughs) And they have now put up a sign to explain to any other good Samaritans who might stroll by.
1: That was so good. That was was so good. I like
2: that. It's Monday. (laughs)
10: <laughs> see, I didn't There's put up no. any, I don't put up Christmas right. decorations because it's just me. And because I live downtown, I can look out my apartment window and see lovely Christmas decorations Lots. everywhere so I can enjoy other people's yeah, Christmas you decorations. Get to see what
2: people are doing yeah. in their
10: condos. Well, no, downtown. I don't do that. <laughs> I just look, look away. I just look, look away. Story. That's all I look for. Uh, the uh, Canucks lost an old player and gained a new one this morning. Uh, Brendan Leipzig was picked up on waivers by the LA Kings, but. The Canucks did trade for winger Josh Levo, who was with Toronto. Now, the Leafs got minor league forward Michael Carson in return, who was not really in the Canucks' future plans, although he has scored okay in Utica. Levo is flying into Vancouver tonight, could be in the starting lineup tomorrow against the Wild. It's one of those trades that's not really a bad deal for the Canucks, because you're not giving up a lot, and who knows? Maybe he can help Vancouver, and he's only 25.
0: As it is cleared high to center and a race for it. Josh
1: Levo cutting in on the right side. Scores! What a shot!
13: You know, he's a player that, um, you know, we've had an eye on for a while now. With us, I think he's going to get an opportunity to play in our top nine, possibly our top two lines. He's a guy that is smart. Um, he's got good offensive instincts. He's got, a, a, we think, a real good release on a shot. So... He's a right-shot player that likes playing the left side.
10: Josh Levo sounds like the perfect fit to ride shotgun alongside Bo Horvat. He's big, can finish, and most importantly, hungry for the opportunity to have an expanded role at the NHL level, something that was never going to happen in Toronto with a top-six unit featuring the likes of Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander.
13: You know, I just want to go. I hope we get a player that can play and contribute and... and uh, you know, again, he's going to get different opportunity here than he probably did in Toronto. And when you look at their lineup, you can see why he didn't get that opportunity. So uh, really tough on pucks, hard to play against, um, you
0: know, really good shot. Um, really smart player. Um, plays well at both ends of the rink, and um, no, again when I played him in the OHL, uh, it was my j- my job to try to shut him down, and
6: and uh, he made it tough on me every night. So um, no, he's a great player, and we're happy to have
13: him. Jumping into the rush,
0: Levo getting a shot away, scores
6: four goals and two assists in
10: 27 games this season. Doesn't scream great player, but given the Canucks' injury situation and the lack of top six forward depth. It's entirely possible Luvo can make his NHL mark here in Vancouver. And for a team that has one win in its last 12 games, he'll be welcomed with open arms when he makes his debut Tuesday night against Minnesota.
13: He's excited. I talked to him this morning about the opportunity to play higher in the lineup.
10: The list of injured Canucks is uh, shortening a bit. Uh, Jay Beagle, possibility to uh, return tomorrow from a broken forearm. If he does, and the Canucks will have to make another move with the player, sending them to Utica. A couple of other injured players we were uh, curious about. Ole Olevi, who hurt his knee in the minors, and Sven Berti, who is still out with a concussion. Jim?
13: Ben uh, went to see the concussion specialist in Detroit. Um, he's back now. Uh, he's back skating. He's going through the concussion protocol. Um, I think, you know, I think he can get back out on the ice and start... Uh, you know, getting back in shape and training. Ole is—he's um, going to probably be out for the next two, two and a half weeks, um, and doesn't need surgery or anything. He's going to be out for you know a couple weeks, and um, and then you know we're going to see where he's at. But we think he should be good to play after that.
10: Hockey Canada named the 34 players who will get the tryout for Canada's Nationals junior team, but none of the 34 are from B.C., and none are from B.C.-based Western Hockey League teams, which isn't great because the tournament this year is being held in Vancouver, Victoria, although it will be a good Canadian team. Uh, Giants defenseman Bowen Byram, He will be a high draft pick next June, but he wasn't invited. One Canuck prospect was invited, goaltender Michael DiPietro. Maybe he is the Canucks goalie of the future rather than Thatcher Demko. He barely missed making the junior team last year. Should make it this year. He's a star goalie in the OHL for Windsor. Teams with Memorial Cup aspirations in the Ontario League could be trying to trade for him. Uh, He'll likely be in Utica next year. That was rather noisy. Uh, Seattle. Oh, tomorrow morning. Seattle will get its NHL team. It looks like they'll start playing in October of 2021. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Seattle Seahawks, they're in a playoff position right now, and not many thought that would be the case with only four games left in the regular season. Their big win over San Francisco yesterday featured four touchdown passes by uh, Russell Wilson. But the real star was Bobby Wagner, who had tackles, numerous tackles, a sack, fumble recovery and a touchdown and an interception. He had stats yesterday that for some players are a season's worth of stats.
13: And talk about this game. Let's talk about Bobby Wagner. <laughs> He's had a phenomenal game. Um, I mean, there's not many more things a guy can do. He had 10 tackles. He had, I mean, took the ball away from him on a fumble. He uh, had a sack, had an interception for a touchdown, all-time ever longest play in the history of the franchise, and uh, just did another marvelous Job of taking care of all the leadership stuff that he does too. So, um, really in the peak of his career, doing a great job making all the plays. And, and but he does more than he does so much more than that for us. That um, he's he's a great Seahawk, and we're just lucky to have him.
10: And tomorrow is Wally Buono Day in Vancouver. Oh yeah, there you go. Well deserved Best holidays. I know, it is one of my favorite
1: days. Do they have one of those in Calgary, too? I think they might.
2: (laughs) Probably.
10: Well, they gave him a nice send-off when he was there his last game. No doubt. uh, All All right, right, thanks, Squire.
2: Let's check in with Andrew now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. And?
8: Thanks, Sophie. Legendary E Street band guitarist Stevie Van Zandt is in is performing in Vancouver tonight, but before the show, he's hoping to inspire local music teachers. We'll explain. Plus, a scare in Westminster where a large bin truck went through an intersection and ended up down an embankment at Hume Park. The driver escaped serious injury. It's the same intersection where a cement truck caused a fatal crash back in 2011. We'll have those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock.
1: Chris, Sophie. All right, thanks very much, Anne.
2: Up next, a little bit of Star Wars found deep beneath the B.C. interior. Stick around for that.
6: The pit? What kind of pit is it called? Starlap. Here is a look at today's snow report. Whistler
10: Blackcomb, a base of 68 centimeters. Grouse will be opening soon. Cypress is open now, and Sasquatch will open December 15th. Revelstoke has a base of 112 centimeters. Fernie has 90 on the ground. and opening date for Manning Park still to be determined. Whitewater opens this Thursday, December 6th. Big White, a base of 93 centimeters. Silver Star 105, and Sun Peaks 90. Kicking Horse and Mount Washington open this Friday, December 7th. Powder King, a base of hundred centimeters.
9: Coming up on ET Canada: Seth Rogen, Andrea Martin, and Chris Hatfield at Canada's Walk of Fame. Plus, Sean Mendes announces his new stadium tour. That is all coming up at seven, right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris and Sophie. She's like, you look all festive. Thanks, Cheryl.
1: She really does. Mm-hmm. Okay, BC geologists, cavers, even the tourist uh, tourism industry are abuzz tonight with the discovery in the BC interior. Of what appears to be one of the largest caves in Canada. That's it right there.
10: I thought you were pointing at me. The entrance (laughs) to it.
2: Kylie Stanton has the details on how it was found and why it might have gone undiscovered until now. A little light
4: brings the walls to life.
10: Right above me here are some really beautiful drapery formations.
4: Caving is one of the last frontiers of exploration, going where no one has gone before.
10: Seeing things no one's ever seen.
4: Now British Columbia has another one to add to the list. The discovery was made in a remote valley in Wells Gray Provincial Park, located two hours north of Kamloops. The entrance is huge, at 100 by 60 meters, while the cavern system is believed to stretch more than two kilometers. That makes it likely among the largest in the country.
5: Well, it is very exciting, and
2: I knew instantly that this was a big find.
4: The cave was initially spotted back in April by Ministry of Forests, Lands and Natural Resources officials doing a caribou count. The photos were passed along and a team spent months preparing their visit. It was worth the wait.
2: So September 9th, we were able to make a landing there. One of our party, Lee Hollis, was able to descend into the cave and confirm, indeed, it is a very, very large cave.
4: And very old, estimated to date back tens of thousands of years. For the caving community, it doesn't get any better than this.
0: A lot of people wanting to get on that trip, get underground, go explore what hasn't been explored yet. And so when something as big as this pops up, yeah, it gets everyone kind of fired up.
4: But actually getting the opportunity could be difficult. Accessing the cave requires either a permitted flight or world-class mountain climbing experience. Experts say that's a good thing.
5: We're quite
2: you know, quite sure that the, the cave is in fact well protected simply by its remoteness, ruggedness. Here's just another example of what incredible things Mother Nature can do.
4: The cave has yet to be named. The government plans to consult with local First Nations before a formal decision is made. Kylie Stanton, Global News.
1: Incredible.
2: But the people who discovered it have nicknamed it, until it gets its official name, mm-hmm. they nicknamed it the Sarlacc Pit, which is the pit that Jabba the Hutt threw people into. Oh, right. tortured in Star and die. Wars. Yeah.
10: Very cool. <laughs> well, more reason for me not to go visit it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you shouldn't, unless, you know, you're part of the yes. experts of the experts. I don't
10: know what I'm doing, so.
1: Diana, yeah, know you what's do I? down there. Uh, okay, don't forget CKNW Pledge Fund, Pledge Fund Day. Kids fund Kids pledge on day. Day. <laughs> i'm on the board you'd think i'd get it right
2: uh, <laughs> well, see, he and i are hosting the first two hours.
1: that's right eight well, to eight to ten, 10 a.m we hope you can call in or stop by it's at the fairmont hotel vancouver on the 17th floor beautiful mm-hmm. festive uh decorations there mm-hmm. and we'd love to see it. drop by in person uh Did i've totally chewed, chewed up all your time it's, it's right. gonna be sunshine right
5: sunny yeah it's right. easy
1: that's good cold
2: though sunny and cool see you all tomorrow have a good night all